One day shortly after her husband died, Judy got together with a friend of hers at the local coffee shop. At one point during their conversation, Judy said, did you know that my husband Joe was a real cheapskate? He didn't even leave me any insurance money. Her friend said, well, if he didn't leave you any insurance money, where'd you get that beautiful new diamond ring you're wearing? Well, Judy paused for a few seconds. She finally said, well, okay, I'll tell you the truth. Joe did leave me $10,000 in his will. Out of that money, $1,000 was to be used to buy a nice casket, and $9,000 was to be used to buy a nice stone. <laughs> That's right. Then she smiled, held up the diamond ring, and said, well, this is a very nice stone indeed. Now, I like to take the charitable interpretation, and I would like to think that Judy simply misunderstood her husband's request. It's pretty clear from the details of that story, she knew exactly what her husband wanted. A nice gravestone over his remains at the local cemetery. But Judy wanted a diamond ring instead. So she conveniently and rather deceitfully twisted the meaning of his words to justify her action. Which incidentally, my brothers and sisters, is exactly the kind of thing that Satan does. Satan is the master of verbal deceit. Satan loves to twist the meaning of words. He loves to play games with words for the purpose, of course, of leading human beings into sin and eventually down with him into hell. He even tempts people like Judy to play games with their words in order to rationalize their evil, sinful behavior. And you know what the sad thing is? So very often, it works. It all began many years ago in the Garden of Eden, as we heard in today's first reading from Genesis 3. When Eve said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of all the trees in the garden, it's only that tree in the middle of the garden about which God said, you shall not eat it, of it, or even touch it, lest you die. When Eve said that to the serpent, how did the serpent respond? He responded by twisting the meaning of God's words. Did he not? In order to lead Eve and her husband into sin, he said in effect, look Eve, God didn't mean that you would really die. He said all that stuff to you because he really doesn't care about you, but of course I do. See, that God wants to hold you back. He wants to keep you down. He wants to squelch the incredible human potential that you and Adam have. Then Satan played what I would call the ultimate word game to seal the deal 
and get Eve to do what he wanted her to do. He said, if you and Adam eat this fruit, you will be like gods who know the difference between good and evil. Now, the key word in that temptation is the word know. You see, it's true, God does know the difference between good and evil, like the devil said. But he knows that difference like I know the difference between good health and typhoid fever. For me, typhoid fever is something that's out there because I don't have the disease personally, thanks be to God. I know typhoid fever in my mind only. I do not know it experientially. Well, God knows evil in the same way. Evil does not touch God's inner life. For him, it's always out there. But when Satan said to Eve, if you eat this fruit, you're gonna know evil too, he meant something different. This was the subtlety. This was the word game. He meant, if you eat this fruit, Eve, you're going to know evil because you're going to experience it. You'll know it from the inside. You'll know it in the sense that it's going to actually come into your heart and make you miserable and ruin your entire life. This is why I call Satan the master of verbal deceit. Twisting the meaning of words is one of his most despicable talents. And he's got lots of others, but that's one of his most despicable. And you know what? It's a talent he's still using in our generation by getting people to redefine words and redefine concepts in order to justify the evil things they want to do. For example, think about how the word freedom has been redefined in recent years. In order to justify everything from pornography, that's freedom, you see. For everything from pornography to gay marriage. Think of how the word rights has been redefined. Think of how rights have been redefined in our civil laws so as to exclude the right to life of the unborn. Think of how the word person and the meaning of the word person has been changed in order to justify things like embryonic stem cell research. People who want to justify embryonic stem cell research will sometimes say, well, you know, the problem here is the embryo is not a person in the full sense of what it means to be a person, whatever that is. So we can do to it whatever we want to do to it. That's precisely one of the arguments that Mr. David Madden has used in the Westerly Sun in recent months against Dr. Bednar and Dr. Cortella and Rob Idelag and others who have written in defense of life. He used this very argument, twisting the meaning of words. Here's another big example. You know, 40 years ago, in medical textbooks, pregnancy was rightly said to begin at the moment of conception. That's how the word was defined. 
But certain doctors and certain scientists who wanted to justify the use of abortifacient contraceptives, like the IUD and the birth control pill, those people succeeded in changing the definition of pregnancy. If you look in a medical textbook today, they will tell you pregnancy does not begin at the moment of conception. They'll say it begins when the fertilized egg finally implants in the uterus. How diabolically convenient. Because then you can get rid of the fertilized egg, the new human life, before it implants. And it's okay, because of course it's not pregnancy. There are literally dozens of words that fit into this category. Marriage. You know, that used to mean one man and one woman. Now in some circles it can mean almost anything. Normal. So-called normal behavior in 2008 is very different from normal behavior 50 years ago. And those of you who were alive at the time can attest to that. Virtue and vice. Their meanings have actually been reversed in some segments of our society. Virtue has become vice. And vice has become virtue. All these words and many others have been redefined in our culture for the sole purpose of defining deviancy down and making sin acceptable. It's a clever strategy. And it will work. <laughs> That's the bad news. It will continue to work. As it worked with Adam and Eve, Unless, by the grace of God, you and I resist and put a stop to it, beginning in our own personal lives. The choice, my brothers and sisters, as always, is ours.